0: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider.
1: Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson, and joining me as always is editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. Fresh off deadline, Mag Dunn, mate. Very, yep. Earned your money for another month. Yep, looks good. Excellent. We'll have a chat about that later. But uh, let's kick off. We're going to do a three-part pod this mm. week. Uh, not a huge amount of football going on, so we'll, um, we'll satisfy ourselves with a round-up of the local news, we'll have a look about the international news, and then we'll have a, a chat about a story that broke this morning uh, around an innovative idea for the A-League, but we'll save that for later. Trevor, let's kick off with local news. Uh, Aidan was with uh, Melbourne Heart yesterday, Aidan our new man about town in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, which is handy, given that Hearts seems to be pretty active in the transfer market. And the they've moment. got two teams as and well, two of course, teams, which is excellent. <laughs> uh, Their new recruit, Brazilian Maicon, Maicon, full name Maicon Carvalho Inez, mm. unveiled yesterday. Yes, talked about him. Twenty-four. He's only on a year deal though.
0: That's that's interesting, isn't it? At 25, I don't know if he's had previous injury problems, and uh, you know that they don't want to give him a long term deal in case he's he's out the whole time. Um, I, I suppose the issue that they have, if if he really tears it up and he's excellent, then he'll go. And then, then he's gone. Nothing for him. <laughs> but um, you know they're pretty screwed operators there. Scott Munns certainly is a, a man with his head screwed on properly, and he'll be thinking about it from a, a sort of a financial point of view that you have to sort of say, you know, what's worse if he, if he ends up. Being an injury shocker or a shocker of a player, and you got him on a three, four-year deal, that's probably worse than just having him on a one-year deal and losing out on a bit of transfer money. Yeah, so it does make more sense, really. Well, you see, you
1: know, he's young. He seems to have decent pedigree. I mean, he's been playing most recently in the Rio de Janeiro state championship, uh, and that's does that's not as as like it sounds here, the state championship. That is the. The the two competitions that run annually in in Brazil One is a state-based championship So he's been playing against the likes of Vasco da Gama Flamengo, Fluminese and Botafogo Scored six times uh, during the season Um, So it looks promising Uh, Also, you know, I mean Melbourne Hart What do we think about their sort of uh, You know, post-season recruitment He'll now join Fred, David Williams, Mate de Gansic And Curtis Good as their fifth signing of the off-season
0: yeah, they they're, they're solid signings, I think. I don't I don't they've not gone out and got a, a big marquee player. They've just got a set of of players that will do relatively well. I mean, Davy Williams is a good player. He's not exceptional. I don't think he's likely to go on and be a, a soccer regular or anything like that. He's um, a solid A-League player. He? he is, yeah. And, and and that's kind of what the, you know, mixture of that and a, and a couple of sort of riskier players cuz we don't know how they're going to turn out, but it looks like a final squad, but I don't think it looks like a finals winning squad. Well, Kev will certainly
1: be happy because that makes uh, Melbourne Hearts' three-pronged Brazilian attack. So the puns will be working overdrive. The trio from Rio, the three amigos, they'll all be coming out. Yep. Uh, so thank you uh, to John Van Skip for uh, for making our lives a bit easier. Uh, on the subject of Van Skip, uh, Aiden also had a chat with him yesterday. Um, you know, and he's talking about the, You know, the, his vision for the club. Um, you know and he believes that he 's recruiting players that are able to to play that sort of technical attacking brand of football that he was looking for um, what did you th- how did you think that that vision sort of played out last season
0: I, I think the first thing to say about that type of vision is that it 's not it 's not going to work straight away he 's going to need time to bed down, and I think that everyone at the heart knew that um I think the heart had a commendable season last season, seeing it as their first one playing that style. Um, and I think that they are kind of allowed this season as well to, to show progress without running away with things yet. Um, look, I hope it works, because that's what we want, and, and Brisbane turned it around fairly quickly. I mean, that was Andy's first full season, wasn't it? Yeah yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, And he got them playing that way and just steamrolled everyone. So there's no reason why Hart can't do that this season, and, and the Brisbane Hart games are, are the must-watches. Now, aren't they?
1: Yeah, well, he's, he's talked about mobility being one of the sort of key criteria that he looks at, and has cited the players that he's brought in, um, such as the new signing, but also David Williams, Daganzich, Rook Gaverm, Alex Terra, um, Eli Babalge, and Jason Hoffman as, as as players that fit the bill that he's looking for, which is mobile players that are comfortable on the ball to play that sort of you know, I guess what we're looking at here is that sort of Barcelona. 4-3-3 um, three, three, sort of pressing high up the field you know you, yeah. it, it looks easy but it's not you no. know because you you have to be very fit to do that very mobile but also if you win the ball you've got to be able to be comfortable on it until uh, till support arrives so um, so yeah so it would be interesting to see how they, uh, how they prepare they've got some inter not interstate but regional games coming up um, most of the A-League clubs are now sort of releasing their their pre-season plans and a lot of them are going uh, around the states and playing state league teams which is good to see uh, one of the worst kept secrets in football uh, was finally confirmed uh, this week which was that Sydney FC also uh, signed on with Adidas as their official kit supplier uh, four year deal mirroring Melbourne Victory's earlier announcement um, obviously this is, a, yeah, this is a great step forward for the A-League and it was, mm. obviously I was at the uh, Celtic victory game last week when victory ran out and in added Adidas strip for the first time so uh, again you know I think it's another step two far really one is, uh, is a very big you know football brand getting involved in the game here but also I think and more importantly is it's another step towards the clubs forming their own identity without you know one kit supplier for the whole league Um, So I think, you know, personally, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, The kits aren't actually available yet. Uh, Uh, They're not
0: being launched until the 8th of August, um, which is an interesting decision. They're obviously designed and ready to go, I assume, because they've had plenty of time to sort this out.
1: Yeah, Um, I think from September they'll be on sale. But obviously there's uh, there's a photo gallery on the website of Sydney Training in their Adidas training kit. So if you want to have a a sneak peek of the
0: uh, training kit, then uh, have a look on the website. I'd, I'd get them on sale as quickly as possible I mean, especially if Sydney lose their first game they'll want to buy one will they? Yeah but there's, there's still
1: a month to go in September until well, yeah. their first game I mean, I, I'd have it this month uh, John McCain now this is uh, on again off again sort of thing uh, there was rumours that he was in Adelaide and about to sign and that he signed a pre-agreement with Adelaide but his representative say so the defender hasn't got clearance yet from his uh, Saudi Arabian club mm-hmm. Al Nasir. Uh, what do we make of this Joe?
0: how do we hear about Saudi clubs not being the easiest to deal with on certain things you know particularly transfers doing general paperwork and and sorting deals out Um, I mean it's all positive in the sense Adelaide clearly want him and he clearly wants to go there Um, I just think it might drag on a little bit with the formalities but a good sign in for Adelaide I saw someone post kind of their lightly starting 11 um, on the forum the other day and it looks pretty decent you know Pretty. Well, who would pretty, they have in it? Well, they've got uh, Dario Vidicic yeah. you know, in the middle, so that, that that's a massive boost. And then, um, you know, Gitae up front, fancy, yeah. you know, fantastic strike John McKay at the back. So instantly, you know, Glekovic in goal. You've got a spine of a very, very good side. Um, you know, with some op- options on the bench. So, even though there's been a bit of a turnover, the regulars, people like Dodd leaving, um, I think Adelaide will start the next season in in a much better state. And quite an interesting
1: sort of recruitment policy from a Dutch coach. You know, the, the mm-hmm. tendency sort of is to go with what you know, and we certainly saw an influx of Dutch players, both from uh, from Van Skip, but also uh, from Rooney Coolen. But you know, he, their policy this season seems to be trying to bring back, you know, sort of current Socceroo squad players. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. Uh, all right, one player that is looking to uh, to leave the A League or has left the A League was. Uh, Costa Barbarusis, who was uh, signed for Russian First Division Club, Alania mm. Vladikavkaz. Yep. There you go. Yep. I tell you what, this podcast, don't have work on my language? Yeah. Fluent in most European languages these days. Um, they were relegated from the Russian top flight last year, and he's been signed for a three-year deal. Um, what like, do we think about this?
0: I think it's a good move, and I, I actually got a slight objection to the reaction on Twitter from a lot of people who, who thinks that, you know, there was a release coming out saying he's retiring to be a goat farmer. I mean, <laughs> go. you know, who'd go to Russia? Well, first thing I'd say about the place where he is in Russia, it's in the far, far south. So it's 30 degrees at the moment. He'll have a, a similar climate to some of the better places in, in Europe, um, you know, like Italy, for example. So nothing wrong with the climate. Um, Money-wise, I don't know how much more he's he's getting going there. I'm going to guess and suggest that he's going to be on more money going to the Russian League. They've had a couple of problems. A few few clubs have had a financial strife over there, but I still think it would be safe to assume that um, you know, in a career where you have to retire in your mid-30s, he's got a three-year deal um, in a better You're climate. 21. Yeah, in, in Europe, on better money. I think it's a good move, and I think that um, people are deluding themselves if they think that it's not a good move and he should stay in the A-League at Brisbane. Okay, well, making myself
1: never to uh, <laughs> Shy away from flying in the face of popular opinion. I don't. I did, I did listen to last week's podcast whilst I was away. Uh, and oh, no, it it <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I mean, this was something that sort of came about and, and was a discussion point largely through Pim Verbeek's sort of uh, public comments about playing second tier in Europe yeah. or training with a top team in Europe is better than playing in the A League. Mm. I and mean, I guess, you know, it's impossible though, to, to, to talk about this without talking about the money, though, because, you know, ultimately they have agents, they're, they're in it, we have a salary cap here, so we're yep. always going to be liable to lose our sort of, not necessarily the best players, because they're the guys on the best money, but mm. the guys that are the, the good performers and the good value performers are all gonna be ro- always going to be right for the picking. I mean, how much of a dent do you think this would be to Brisbane Rawls' defence?
0: Of the title? Um, Yeah, I mean, it it depends how much Ange knew about the deal going through. I mean, if he was aware that he was going to lose him, um, then you'd imagine he'd have something else lined up. But the A-League is is unbelievable for vacillating fortunes, particularly for champions. Um, And this is the very
1: reason, isn't it? Because you build a good side, and it's impossible to keep them together under Mm. the salary cap, because either other A-League teams are willing to pay your better performers more money or yeah. overseas teams just come and cherry pick who they want
0: yeah uh, and he's going to have to introduce new players to get used to that system that was working last season um, I mean look it's not disastrous I, I'm expecting uh, Matt McKay to not be there um, really yeah I thought he the on. season. yeah no I, He's going to be there No no he is I know Yeah but, but I'm oh, saying right. I, uh, I was going to say I thought you were expecting No 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 a... No I, I expected previously Like you know right, After okay. the Asian Cup And after last season I thought well That's got to be the last We're going to see of him um, and, and not only will I think You know He can go to Asia I think he might get You know some, Someone in Europe Being interested um, But he's still there so I think that's a, that's a massive, massive thing. He's the, he's the core but of their he team. he has
1: had... He did get a significant upgrade in his, in his salary last year mm. on a three-year deal, so...
0: Yeah. I mean, talk about money. A bit of perspective needs to be offered. Um, his name's escaping me now. The, the lad that was at um, Leeds, went to the Asian Cup, just moved to Bristol. Neil Kilkenny, Neil Kilkenny yeah. They, they were talking about the sort of money he was on. And they were saying it was sort of, you know, 800 grand a year, just as a sort of normal player at, at Bristol. Um, and you'd be talking like close to marquee stats out here, and you wonder why it's difficult to get players like that back and why you're losing players to the Russian League, or well, it's probably a pretty big difference in their wages. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, Ange has, uh, has been quoted as well in response to that, and, and as you say, Trev, you know, he, he said that he has been aware that this was a possibility. Because one of the talk, didn't he go on trial in Italy?
0: Uh, That was the last
1: I'd heard that he was going to trial in Italy, and obviously now has ended up with a deal in Russia. So I think, you know, Ange was aware of this and has said that he's already got, you know, a a plan in mind. And he's he's reiterated, um, you know, his philosophy uh, and the policy of Brisbane, which is, you know, to identify young talent help them develop their game within our team structure and enable them to further their careers. So from that regard, you know, he, he, he said that he would rather, obviously, cost them to stay for another season, but I guess that's a tick in the box and they've done their job. And
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: the key thing that I took out of that was within our team structure. Yeah. And what Ange is doing at Brisbane is he's not basing Brisbane Raw's success or failure around individual players. No. He has a system of, that he's going to play and he recruits the players to suit that system. Exactly, and I guess yeah. the benefit of that is that no matter how big a personality it is that leaves, the system remains the same, and you just recruit a similar type of player. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I guess you know, that that's probably with as we talked about the the change in personnel and the merry-go-round of, of players, probably the best policy is to have a system of play and that everyone understands, and you recruit to fit that system rather than. Mm-hmm saying, hey, we, we're going to go and break the bank and get this player but and then build a team around him. But then if that player goes, you've got to rethink your whole philosophy mm. again.
0: Yeah, well, the, the, that was his, when he came in, he talked about having a, a vision for the club. It wasn't built around, oh, you know, Craig Maud's there and Teatro and I'm going to pander today. It wasn't the John Gregory approach at Villa. So yeah. what well, the three players he got in and said, you know, you three can do what you want and look after everyone else. <laughs> um, he, he had a vision for how Brisbane were going to play and then he needed to go and get the players for that. So uh, look, Andy's not going to get in a flap about losing one player or even a, a handful of players. I think he knows what he's doing. Well, interesting on that as well, for
1: those of you that are on Twitter, there's uh, and we, we're trying to tee up an interview with uh, Raymond Verheyen, yep. the Dutch uh Conditioning sort of guru who very much preaches the the periodisation approach of uh, of diver, you know of of conditioning and fitness and very much you know conditioning through football rather than you know slogging it up sand hills in pre season and stuff yeah. like that and uh, Craig Duncan at Sydney FC is, is, is no he's is a very vocal <laughs> critic of Raymond uh, so we're actually trying to tee up an interview for the magazine with Raymond which I think would be fascinating but there was an interesting tweet last night I saw from Ivan Franic who was saying that someone was asking about you know, what, was, what was the beep test scores and he said we haven't done a beep test for two years it's like it's, we don't do that hmm. you know, but then you're also getting tweets from Tim Cahill and Phil Neville who have just come back from Austria doing three sessions a day two of which were without a ball it seems like and now they're on to double sessions yeah. and, uh, and then you look at Everton's track record of starting very slowly and a lot of injuries um, and maybe there's something in this so it's something that we're going to investigate a bit more well um,
0: um, and it's interesting but i mean west ham are having a similar thing at the moment. It's sam allardyce is massive into sports science prozone is the thing that he's been a big advocate of and he I thought it's prozac <laughs> yeah, he is absolutely horrified at how unfit the west ham players are he made a comment the other day and no wonder they went down so he's really putting them through the mill at the moment with you know a lot of sessions now i don't know if you know, he's working with the ball. I mean, do you I need Scott Parker think, working think, with the ball? I don't
1: think the, the the debate is whether the players need to be fit. The debate is how you get that fitness. And I, you know, what? And I think that, you know, one side is if, if a a player never runs like more than fifty meters at, at one speed. Mm. So why why would you yeah. get players running ten and twenty kilometers as part of pre-season when they will never recreate that in a game? And it's not football fitness you know you're better doing ball work that integrates short sharp speeds and and stamina work that is built up through repetition of football activities rather than just running for running sake or running up sand hills and
0: well yeah I mean you know they will jogging around a pitch yeah, when you get there do months. three laps yeah. I mean you yeah. never you're never going to do that are you no. in a game and so I've not like...
1: seen well actually I have at amateur level but I've not seen many sand hills on pitches but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah so we're trying to tee up that interview soon which Trevor will do so it'll be very uh, it'll be fascinating for a future issue All right, that's it for the local news. We will be back after this break to look at some of the international news that's been making headlines on the website au.442.com. This month's 442 magazine features the 50 drills and skills guaranteed to make you a better player, so you can dribble like Messi, shoot like Ronaldo, volley like Rooney, pass like Xavi and head like Cahill. It also features our look at the death of Brazilian football, plus exclusive Lucas Neal and Aaron Moy interviews. Grab the new 442. It's on newsstands today
0: the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello,
1: welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to look further afield now for some news that's been making headlines back in Europe. Travis, is going to get tough, this <laughs> section, isn't it, this year, because we're going to have to go a little bit lower than we normally went, as in down to the championship, to keep you involved.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have no interest in the Premier League anymore. Don't speak to me about the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> well, look... Let's, uh, let's get the news from our clubs first depressingly
1: Aston Villa manager Alex McLeish has warned fans that they should only expect one more signing during this transfer window and uh, after unveiling Shay Given as a 35 year old keeper on a 5 year contract um, that player is hopefully as far as the club is concerned Charles and Zogbia uh, they're haggling with Wigan over the price I think Villa are at 9 million Dave Whelan said he wants 10 Uh, and Zogbia predictably is now threatening to go on strike Um, just the sort of player we need (laughs) Um, and that's a bit concerning for me because I think something like 14 players are are leaving the club this year through either being sold like Stuart Down and Ashley Young or being released like the likes of Nigel Riococca and Isaiah Osborne and Mustafa Salifat the UK edition, Trev yeah, came in fifteenth was their prediction, which I thought was harsh.
0: And they talked about a relegation scrap as well, you know, for the duration of the season. Um, I don't know. I think McLeish will, will make you very, very difficult to beat. First and foremost, it's going to be horrible, though. It's not going yeah, to it's, watch, it's it. not gonna be great. It's not going to be great. And in terms of sort of spending the money, and I'm not peddling a stereotype here because I could provide the evidence. You don't appoint a Scottish manager if you're going on a spending spree. He'll he'll keep it tight. He'll get a couple of players that he likes. Um, but no, th- I don't think a lot of that money, certainly not before the start of this season, is going to be spent. Yeah,
1: well, I, when I was
0: down in Melbourne,
1: I had a few a few, uh, few large arrows out on a Wednesday night with a few uh, ex-players that uh, had come across or played for Alex McLeish during their oh, time. I can it. tell
0: by your tone, it's <laughs> they these. were not
1: very complimentary. So it has really not filled me with uh, with much uh, joy. Now I've got a couple of awards to give here. um Firstly, the it, trying to shut the, the stable door after the horse has bolted. Barcelona midfielder Xavi insists he didn't mean to cause offence with his recent comments about Cesc Fabregas, and he's keen to avoid a war of words, so had the transfer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a three-year war of words. Yeah. Uh, so apparently this is to do with a story where uh, Xavi said that, that he believed that Cesc Fabregas was suffering because of his desire to join the Catalan club. Venga has uh, accused Chavi of being disrespectful, um, but Chavi's now said that he didn't mean to. Uh, he didn't mean to upset anyone. Didn't want to get into a war of words with Wenger after getting into a war of words with Venga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we not just do this deal? Well,
0: when we did a Fabregas piece um, uh, earlier in the year, um, we had a box out on the comments from Barcelona players about Fabregas coming back, and that was a small selection of them. Everyone, you know get stuck in about how old they're mates of him and want him to come back. You know, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be, you know, acceptably vexed at constantly... But the, weird, sort of the, stuff.
1: The, the weirdest thing about this, and I guess this is, the, this is the problem for Arsenal, is that there's only one place that the player wants to go, mm. and Barcelona know that. Yeah. And so are probably, you know, understandably reluctant to pay absolute top dollar for a player that they know is desperate to go there and doesn't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. And this has really been the case for the last two close seasons.
0: Yeah. You kind of just want it to happen, don't you? Really, just to, Well, yeah. To well, let's just get it.
1: done with, and then we can speculate about someone else. I mean, Guardiola has said that he, you know, he's he's now sort of playing a little bit of uh, a little bit coy on it, saying that um, Alexis <sighs> Sanchez is his sort of main priority, um, and you know, Fabregas, you know, he's willing to wait. So, it would be interesting to see. I really can't see that Fabregas can stay another season. I mean, his heart really didn't look in at the end of last season.
0: No, it's, it's slipping away. I mean, the, the latest is that there's a 10-day deadline, I think, that Arsenal have, have set Barcelona. they said that we'll start negotiations, we have to have it done in the next 10 days or he's not going. But since it's been going on for several All years... Right.
1: <laughs> well, and also, you know, I still remember the, the, the last day of last season when rather than... Be with his teammates as club captain. He yeah. was at the Spanish Grand Prix. Yeah. You know, nice. that's not a sign of someone that wants to stay at the club. Yeah. Um, my second award for this week is the Wishful Thinking Award, which goes to Frank Ribéry, who believes he can be as good as Lionel Messi if he stays injury free and plays under the right coach, because it's all about the coach.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he's 28 now. Very interesting. I, c- I can remember, I was looking back on some old 4-4-2s Recently. Do you remember when we when we were looking back at our A League Ultimate sort of uh, weekend? Right, yeah. In it was a piece on Frank Ribery when he was obviously 22 then, mm. you know, and uh, we were talking about him as sort of one of the next big things. And and I think for a while he was, but he certainly seems to have plateaued since he's gone to Bayern on massive money. I think he's one of the best play, play, paid players in Europe, or certainly was when he went there. Yeah. Um. I mean, do we think he's? Uh, got ideas above his station with the Lionel Messi
0: I think you are yeah I think he, he talks a good game but I reckon he knows he's on very good money at Bayern where he's a hero and the team's built around him and he's not really that keen especially at 28 so now you know a move to Real Madrid or Chelsea or somewhere like that where he's got to readapt and perhaps get found out I think he's, he's happy to, to stay at Bayern for as long as possible
1: yeah okay uh, Man City The paupers at Man City um, are now hoping to finalise the signing of Atletico Madrid's Sergio Aguero, despite the collapse of Carlos Tevez's move to Corinthians. Um, I mean, let's talk about that first. Obviously, uh, again, the the amount of money that seems to be kicking around in the Brazilian game um, is almost reversing the tables to what it's normally been in the... You know, we've now got sort of you know Brazilian players, Robinho, Ronaldinho, back playing in the Brazilian league, and this was a, an even bigger uh, sort of coup in that they were prepared to go to 35, 40 million mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. Tevez. Now, as I understand it, the, the, they were looking to pay in four installments over the next four years, but Man City wanted it in two. Two, so, yep. And uh, they weren't able to either comply with that or didn't want to. Um, so it looks now that that deal's off. Um, I mean, where does that leave Tevez? Do we think?
0: I, I mean, it's not easy because Tevez isn't just you know wanting out; he's wanting to go home. Um, and Corinthians is an obvious point, but Corinthians sounded like they were willing to bid that amount of money, but less willing to pay. Yeah, <laughs> um, and the first instalment I heard was eight point seven million, and they were kind of bickering over that; like they weren't. I mean, do, sure. do we
1: think? I mean, you know, we work in the industry. You know, is this potentially a bit of a Red Herring from Corinthians to sort of say to their supporters, you know, we are, you know, we've got money, we're forward thinking, we're trying to bring these players back. Man City wouldn't agree to our terms, yeah. but we were willing to do it.
0: Well, I, what, I reckon our clubs do this a little bit. I know West Ham do. We went in for like Ruud van Nistrooy last year, and it was the equivalent. Of me emailing Jennifer Hawkins, going, "Do you want to go out for a drink?" It's never, ever going to happen. But it just shows intent. Oh, right, and, and fans sorry. swallow it, don't they? Doug Ellis trick. Yeah. Doug Ellis you, uh, bid for Shearer. Yeah, <laughs> bid a million
1: for him when a guy mate <laughs> was twenty-five. You know, but you know, Villa in the market for Shearer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit
0: of positive spin, and fans fall for it. Fans go, "Yeah, there's real intent at that club. I like what the owners are doing, but it's probably nonsense."
1: Well, we just too cynical.
0: <laughs> no, never, no,
1: never. Um, well, I mean, you know, the issue is obviously was that Man City were it appeared were willing to relax their 50 million demand because he was leaving Europe, mm. and I think Man City's fear is that they don't want to let Tevez go to somewhere where he could potentially come back and haunt them. Um, so now, I guess the question is, is whether there's anybody in Europe willing to pay 45, 50 million for Carlos Tevez for yeah. two years of Carlos Tevez because that's all he ever spends at any club.
0: Yeah, no, I mean. It- it's not ideal, is it? I, I still think that... Um, I mean, Inter have got a little bit of money to spend, they reckon, um, and especially if they uh, lose Schneider to Man U. So uh, that seems quite possible that Schneider goes to Man U and, and Tevez swaps Manchester himself and ends up in Inter.
1: Well, let's, look, let's have a quick chat about Aguero, because for me personally... This is one player that I would love to see. I saw game. your tweet and I completely
0: yeah. agree. I just go anywhere. I just want I to see you play. I don't care who he
1: plays for. It's just one player that I would love to see week in, week out. Uh, he's still only 23. Uh, he's got a £39 million buyout clause at Atletico. Um, but I think you know, it's generally seen that if somebody pays that, Atletico are, are happy for him to go. He's, he's been a very good servant for them. Um, you know, he stayed there last year, committed himself, and, and twenty goals
0: in the league last yeah. season. So.
1: You know, I mean, he's uh, he was born June nineteen eighty eight. He's already won two FIFA Under Twenty World Cup titles, winning two Under Twenty World Cup titles. That you know, yeah. that in itself you're in is young, phenomenal aren't you? yeah. Cause yeah. you're in there at sixteen to do that. Yeah, um, he's also from good stock. Mm. <laughs> he's Diego Maradona's son-in-law, having married. Uh, Giannina in 2009 and has a son by her yeah be interested to watch how that grows up <laughs> uh, and also obviously more recently played in the Europa League final win over Fulham um, so yeah really hope that this deal can be done and we see Aguero in the, uh, in the Premier League um, but we'll obviously follow the, the Carlos Tevez saga um, as it continues
0: Trev hmm. any news from West Ham what's the latest from your camp Uh, A very similar situation to your boys actually I think they're saying we've lost something like 12 players And I think we've signed two or something And each press conference it's like We need at least eight new players And the next one's seven, the next one's six Without signing anyone Um, Yeah, we're well short But more of the sort of Bolton reunion with with Matthew Taylor possibly signing Sounds like that'll happen First player we have signed from Bolton But certainly not the first player to previously play for Bolton
1: Okay, well a little, little trip around some of the gossip that's going on in the the Premier League and European leagues. Uh, it, might, it looks like you know Wesley Snyder might not just be uh, Man United might not be the only possible destination because uh, you talked about Carlos Tevez uh, and Inter Milan. Is that there's potentially a reported swap deal with Man City, with Tevez going to Milan and Snyder going to Man City? Uh, Mancini has said that he doesn't want Tevez back at Man City. Uh, Spurs and Villa are apparently locked in a battle with Italian side Lazio to sign Leon's 21-year-old playmaker Miralem Pianic.
0: Don't know much about him, I've got to be honest. Pianic on the streets of <laughs> London.
1: Pianic <laughs> on the streets of Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Arsenal have stepped up their interest in Sao Paulo's 20-year-old fullback Bruno Vini. Um, and apparently Arsenal, talking about Frank Ribéry, these are all rumours by the way yeah yeah are uh, in mean, advanced talks with Bayern Munich for the transfer of French forward Frank Ribéry
0: um, advanced talks well, apparently well that'll throw what I said earlier about him wanting to stay there and not have to try and prove it in another league exactly uh, I don't and, think that's uh, really also likely. with
1: Arsenal uh, their Brazilian centre midfield player and has actually gone back to Brazil on loan for the season
0: yeah. um,
1: Stoke and West Ham are set to make offers for Bolton's left side of midfielder Matt Taylor yep who's got a year left on his contract One of the more predictable moves: Stoke City are launching a 10 million bid for Peter Crouch.
0: Yeah, perfect player for um, for Stoke. That hence why they wanted Carlton Cole before they they couldn't agree terms with him. Is that
1: not done? I thought that had been
0: done. Fell through, but I understand that Carlton Cole demanded to be um, the same as Kenwyn Jones. which apparently they're, they're allowed to do this, sort of the, you know, the top uh, earner clauses in contracts, right. so I'll come, but I want to earn as much as the top earner, so if their wages go up, my wages go up. I thought it was a bit of Caribbean envy, I thought it was a big toboggan. Nah, um, and Stoke weren't willing to, and also West Ham playing extortionate amounts of money, I think he'd rather just lumber around the championship earning a, a wedge. All right, um, what was the final Liverpool
1: have invited Mexican striker Marco Bueno, for a 10 day trial. Bueno. Uh, that means good, doesn't it, in Spanish, yeah, I, I think? think. So. Uh, Mark Good. Yeah. Um, for a potential five year deal with 17. So this is Liverpool obviously trying to find their own Chicharito, uh to match Man United's coup of last season. Um, on Man United, Alex Ferguson has said he wouldn't have blamed Dimitar Berbatov, Dimitar Berbatov for demanding to quit after the Champions League final. Not sure Dimitar would be glad that Fergie said that he broke down in tears on hearing the news. But anyway, <laughs> cheers, Fergie. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's it for the uh, for the round of traps gossip. How long we got till the season
0: starts? True. To a countdown
1: Three weeks. Yeah. Three not and a half week. N- not long for the European season. At all. Yeah. So and then there's another another sort of two two weeks after that until the transfer window shuts. So plenty more time for teams to be swooping yep. players. Uh, that's it for part two. We'll be back in the final part to uh, to continue our countdown to the A League season and uh, a news story from uh, from the Telegraph today that we'll have a chat about, which could be quite interesting for uh, for A League viewers
0: the nation over we all have goals but sometimes we need a little help along the way the best advice and assistance on your journey can make an enormous difference tiger management and pr represents up and coming and established tv and radio presenters performers and sports people so if you're wondering how you'll rise to the next level engage the services of tiger management and pr and you'll no longer be alone Call one 784 212 to find out more or visit tigermanagement.com.au. Back to 442 Insider.
1: Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider. Now, Trev, story this morning in the uh, Daily Telegraph. Mm -hmm. A-League referees could be mic'd up for TV viewers to hear their discussions with players and linesmen under groundbreaking plans being formulated for next season. Uh, It needs to get FIFA blessing um, but the TV broadcast will then be able to tune into a frequency that referees and assistants already use to communicate remotely. Um, There are discussions going on between A-League officials and Fox Sports uh, to thrash out exactly how the audio would be used and broadcast to viewers but... um, FFA are adamant they want to press ahead uh, with a move that will bring the game into line with the three other codes. Now, this is something that you do hear. Yeah. You know, rugby union, rugby league, AFL. You know, when the, the referee is talking to
0: players, you you hear what he's saying. What do we think? Um, initially, just based on the information, yeah. I, I'm pro it. I think, oh, it, I, I think it would be I, fascinating. I think it would be interesting. Uh, and I also think that it will surely encourage players to give you know the you know the respect campaign which yeah. you know was incredible because it had players supporting it and then screamed in referees' faces um, you know if they know they're being recorded and it could be thrown out there, you're going to have to be slightly more you know polite about things well,
1: love- so you would think <laughs> right do you remember that documentary David Ellery when he was mic'd up oh right and all yeah. the players knew he was mic'd up <laughs> <laughs> and they still, went, and Tony Adams still called him an effing cheat. Not
0: yeah, yeah. Goal. But I mean, I mean if, they, if they get used to it over, you know, a prolonged period, if it's every single season, and you know, there's controversies over stuff they've said, and the, they get bashed in the media, the, you'd think they'd have to come in line a little bit more. I love the picture that they've used as well on the report. is Danny yeah. Teato screaming in what looks like Matthew Breeze's face. Um, you can only do it now. If Teato's retired, don't you? But yeah, I'm pro, it. and it'd be interesting. You know, good profile to be the first league to do it. Well certainly I think, you know, from from
1: a fans perspective, I think this would be probably the best move to get a lot more appreciation and sympathy for the job that the referees have to do. Yeah, you know, in the heat of the moment and the decisions they make. Um, also I think what would be interesting from an educational point of view would yep. be to understand why a referees given a particular decision. With the you know with the vision that he has or the view that he has, because sometimes it 's too easy for us sat at home with five replays in ten seconds to to say well he 's got that wrong, mm. yeah, but he yeah, the referee and the linesman have a split second to make the decision from the angle of sight, the line of sight that they 've got they don 't have a view from above the pitch, um, so I think it would be, uh, it would certainly be very interesting i mean and do we think that you know, can you imagine this then
0: catching on? elsewhere if it's a success yeah you know if it, if it helped the audience understand stuff then there's no reason why not I mean something we've spoken about before and I've never understood obviously referees file a report for, after every game justifying decisions that they've done and there's never been a refer, referee spokesperson to come out and go well there's a reason why they did that it was such and such rule and you know they, they well, kind of remain fairly quiet appointed.
1: there was a the head of the referees appointed but we never heard from him
0: no well, well yeah. that's you know you, you need someone who's sort of a, a voice piece for the refs. So um, if there's literally a voice piece out there, it, it would certainly be interesting. Or it could work the other way. It, they, you know, it could you show g- them up. Yeah, me. you could be giving them the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know, they must have a reason. And they go out and they go. Well, actually, they don't know what they're doing. So. And what about from a from the players' perspective? I mean, I can't imagine that this
1: is going to be a popular move with the players.
0: No, no. Do you I, care about that or not? No, not really. But um, <laughs> but I mean they should have nothing to hide the players if if they're being respectful to referees then they should go well I don't mind them being mic'd up
1: but then we then get the issue where you know Wayne Rooney in the Premier League was banned for swearing at a camera Mm. last year where do we come because you know in the strict letter of the law foul and abusive language towards an official is a red card offence yeah now if that was actually employed we would never have a player finish a game of football yeah yeah. So are we potentially opening up if, if the referee's mic is catching everything that goes on and the industrial language that is sort of, you know, commonplace on the football pitch, rightly or wrongly? Hmm. Is that not going to potentially lead for calls for referees to brandish cards more frequently for, for bad
0: language? I mean, perhaps one thing the story suggests is that, that there's different options. They're either going to do the audio. They'll do it in selected replays, or the Fox Sports guy will relay what's been said. I'd go for the well, middle one. the audio one. exists.
1: Yeah. They're already mic'd up to yeah. each other, so I think what they're saying is that can Fox Sports tap into that Yeah, yeah. But, or hack into that frequency. <laughs> more. That would be more, that'd be more, uh,
0: I'd, more I'd, topical. I'd go for the middle option of those three. I don't think you should be thrown out live straight away because then you have the problem with the Rooney where it, it yeah, was caught live. Yeah. But if you have the option to, to go back and go, right, oh, okay, well, this is what was said. Then that's better You know And as it says Worst case scenario And you've got the Fox reporter Relaying what the ref has said I mean that's not no, Anywhere near as good As actually hearing it But it's better than What we've got at the moment Which is nothing So yeah I hope it comes in And I hope we get the option To, to hear the replays
1: Yeah It'll certainly be a, An interesting uh, angle And another dimension To the coverage So uh, fair play to
0: Fox And, uh, and the FFA For um, for pursuing it do you, um, do you remember Player Cam In the UK it was on Sky Sports. I remember
1: it on FIFA.
0: Oh right, well every ten minutes they'd switch players, uh, and you could go there yeah, and yeah. you could just watch, you know, that player, um, which could be fascinating, or you know, you could be watching someone just standing there for ten minutes, or, all sort of things like that. But the the best thing I used to watch in the UK that I'd love to see out here is the the fan zone commentary. Yeah. Um, for,
1: some quality for, by for people
0: point. that are seeing it but you know two teams play say you know Brisbane and the Mariners are playing um, there's a sort of a red button option where you can go to commentary which is supplied by a Brisbane fan and a Mariners fan who are sat in the same sat in the same little because they're tiny as well the commentary boxes that they've got and hearing the the buyers' commentary the arguments and the celebrations when they score is brilliant so I'd like to see that come in Okay. Anything else that we think of that
1: we think would add to the either the TV presentation or the one of the other things that they're looking at relaxing, um, what is for the live spectators, is to remove the restrictions on video replays. Uh, yeah, because you can't see controversial FIFA, stuff. Yeah, yeah I, th- I believe it's a FIFA uh, directive that controversial decisions, offsides, penalties, goals, uh, so yeah, co- contentious goals, offsides can't be shown as a replay. Uh, yeah. Live in the ground, and I think that's obviously to probably in better attended leagues with with issues of crowd trouble to uh, to not incite the crowd, but uh, but that's something else that Lyle Gorman has said that he's uh, he's trying to get relaxed to uh, to give live spectators the best possible experience. I mean, do, do we? You know, I mean, given where football's at these days, do we think that you know, that might be a bit of a, a sort of archaic restriction from FIFA? Have we gone past those days where if people see a no, cause, cause you know, I, a, conscient- a contentious offside and it's wrong that they'll riot?
0: No, because well, no, so I think that could affect the flow of the game because I think, for example, if players could see that they've been robbed, then they might lose their heads. The fans will see that they've been robbed, so they're getting on the back of the referee. That might affect how the referee does it. Um, I think that when, when lots of decisions happen, there's nothing you can do. Just replaying, it's only going to incite. something. you're not going to go back and you know give the penalty that you missed a few yeah. minutes ago. So no, I, I I'd still I'd still leave it out. I can I can see it having two two bigger negative impacts. Be right. fa- it would be fun though. Yeah, <laughs> it would be fun. But I just don't think it's a great idea. Yeah,
1: but then you're assuming that the the screen is a good enough quality that from from 100 metres away you can you can actually see whether it was offside. Imagine or not.
0: the the Perez. Penalty against Sydney FC. Uh, replays they'd have to do, even when you had Kevin zooming in on his sock to see if <laughs> see there was a <laughs> there
1: was a ripple on there. All right. Well, one thing that I was uh, I was very encouraged to see over the last couple of weeks was um, was the, not just the fact that they were doing it, but the quality of some of the marketing promotion that the clubs are doing themselves. Mm. Um, you know, and obviously these days with with the sort of proliferation of media platforms and facebook and twitter and youtube it's a lot more yeah it's a lot more achievable for clubs to to shoot their own sort of tv com- what tv commercials but video commercials and membership drives and there are some great ones kicking around from melbourne heart yep. uh brisbane the, the royal perth and perth 15 year great. one is excellent and uh, and I, I just found that really encouraging that you know in in if the ffa aren't marketing things uh although that, obviously that's coming we we promise but um but, you know, in, in the sort of off period where there's a lot of silence, you know, the clubs really do seem to be stepping up to the mark. Mm. Um, and it seems to be paying dividends, you know, some really encouraging numbers, uh, early membership numbers. I think Brisbane have reported over 6,500. Yeah. Melbourne have broken 7,000. Melbourne Victory broken 7,000 already. Um, and so it seems to be paying dividends, you know, a quick look around sort of, you know, Social media as well. I mean, Melbourne have broke fifty thousand fans on Facebook, which is phenomenal. I it's think incredible. Brisbane have got twenty thousand. I mean, Trev, you know, is, is this sort of the future for the clubs? You know, to sort of take, we, we, we've run so long on a on a centralised model, mm. and relied on the FFA to, to to promote the whole league, and then the clubs sort of take their their share of that. You know, is this the future with the clubs forming to? you know further again talking about this identity of the club you know the clubs need to have a clear identity and a clear communication as to what their club stands for and i would argue that they're the best people placed to then communicate that and and maybe we shouldn't be reliant on the ffa and arguably maybe some of the money should flow down to the clubs for marketing
0: yeah exactly because then you're you're giving an individual touch the whole point was having a a you know, a franchise, and it was your city and your club. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a great idea, and especially the, there's no excuse to not be across the social networking. There's no excuse to not have a Facebook page and a Twitter that's giving fans the news first. I mean, I was thinking the other day with Twitter, the the first thing every morning is that I, I search West Ham in the Twitter search. I don't even go on the websites anymore because I know that Twitter will yeah, list yeah, yeah. the stories to go to go through and they need to be across how important that is. And I think there's. You know, the Brisbane and Melbourne fans that do that search, you know, for whatever's going up. Um, so, yeah, th- spending a little bit of their money on, on, you know, those sort of videos and individual stuff, but. Also, being across stuff that's free to do, the Facebook and the Twitter stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's free, but you still need the resource to do it, you know. It needs to be owned. In a six-month close season, I think the media guys could manage some stuff, though, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, is there anything else that we think that, you know, we've seen around that the A-League clubs could learn from? I mean, I've just... uh, MLS. I've just downloaded the MLS iPad app. Hmm. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's awesome. It's free, and it's brilliant. You can choose your teams. It's got... All the rosters, there's video, you know, and it's free. You know, it's phenomenal. I'd love to. I'm going to try and find out the numbers of downloads that it's got. But there's there's a there's an overarching MLS app, and then there's team apps as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this really is sort of where we need to be. And obviously, the Optus deal, recent deal with Optus, hopefully. Uh, you know, this will hopefully deliver something like this for A-League fans because, again, it's certainly uh, all part of the communication sort of strategy for, mm. for the clubs to communicate with the fans because from the app you can buy tickets for games.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, that's the thing about America, not just for, for soccer. Um, across all sports, they do an unbelievable job of marketing and doing it with the fans. So I don't know if anyone's got the um, NBA subscription to the games. I know someone in the office next to you has, Jacko. Um, it's outrageous. I mean, it's every single game HD quality on your computer, and just the way that they set it up, they get you in there, and you can just be stuck there watching stuff. And it, yeah, they do stuff right. Well, this is all
1: part of obviously the 2013 negotiations, uh, and Ben Buckley talked about this at the the fan forum that he attended. Was that, you know, when the last TV deal was done in 2005, you know, it, it was about TV. You know, yeah. now it's about apps it's about social media it's about digital rights it's about internet rights and there's a whole lot more wrapped up into the next negotiation other than just you know the te- the broadcast part of it so um, hopefully if the clubs can be active in building a social media presence uh yeah. if the league can be active in building a social media presence uh then all of that bodes well for for up in the value that that we can attach to the game
0: mm, I think Brisbane have done an excellent job on the social network. They've been doing the fans forum, but then on Twitter they've got a lot of their players on. I get the impression they're encouraging their players to go on Twitter. And yeah, yeah, and, so, know, good and, and of
1: them. You know, fair play to the FFA; they, they were very proactive with the Matildas. Yeah. Uh, what will be interesting will because obviously the, the restrictions around the Socceroos are are quite severe when they're in camp. Uh, you know, as in they're not, Lockdown, not generally yeah. not allowed to do this sort of stuff. But obviously, if the Matildas Uh, trial with, you know, live Twitter, you know, sort of Q&As, but also allowing players to tweet throughout the tournament. Uh, It will be interesting to see now that the likes of Tim Cale are becoming more and more active on Twitter, whether he's allowed to continue through the Socceroos camp, because certainly I think anything that, you know, increases that engagement with fans should be encouraged, not stopped.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Twitter's amazing for that, to, to have the option to, to contact players. And look, they don't always get back to you. But I've noticed that some of the A League guys are pretty good, aren't they? They're yeah, happy yeah. to have a chat with fans on Twitter, you know. Yeah. But also, all... I think, you
1: know, we've seen recently, uh, I think it was in Asia, Nike did a campaign that was called the Nike Shout. Right. And through social media, uh, they encouraged fans to, to, to give their hmm. messages of support. Uh, for the team, yep. and it was actually played live on the, uh, LED boards right. around the ground, yep. around the actual pitch side and on the screens. So that, so that the fans were then at the game seeing their message of support go up whilst the match was going on. Yeah. You know, and so again, I think it's, it's all a way of, of in, increasing that engagement, but also, you know, we, we need to get fans along to the game, and I think social media is a, is a really good way of keeping that engagement going so it's not we don't just go to them and say hey there's another Socceroos game do you want to come and pay for a ticket you know people feel like that they're, they're you know they're part of it on a daily basis they're engaging with the Socceroos whilst they're at work whilst they're at home yep. and it's not then just every six months hey will you come and support the game
0: yeah
1: all right that's it for this week Nice one. There we go, Trev. Yep. Let's have a chat about the new issue which you just sent today.
0: Yep. Um, European preview. The sea. The season's back. Um, Thank God for that. I know. Yeah. So we've got. Um, it's a long time without a World Cup, or you. I was thinking about that. I'm officially sick of not having football every week now. I want it back as soon as possible. Um, back soon in the Championship. More games, better league. But yeah, we're, we're previewing every single Premier League club. Um, but then also every... major make...
1: when you were...
0: No, not at all. Page, you got to... No, you got, you I, enjo- got... I enjoyed subbing the Swansea page. That was great. You sort of like went from... What it have been? There's been like Tottenham Hotspur... Yeah, we're, we're, went, normally went, we're, no, we're normally after. We're normally... It's been a mistake. <laughs> we, <laughs> we haven't, can... haven't got oh, all the pages. Right. Um, but every major European league, so we've got features on, on La Liga, Serie A, and Bundesliga as well. And Reese Williams... Feature as well,
1: where we... Should we give people the teaser of the cover line?
0: Go, Reese Lightning. He's got skills, they're multiplying. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> finest that. Uh, well, Straight out of the pun cupboard. A, an interesting um, box out in that feature as well is is how talented Reese Williams' family is. Um, his brothers, um, um, which is... I think is it Ryan and Eyre or something like that. So some very very Welsh. They're they're both English teams, Portsmouth and uh, Burnley. Also, his dad was an excellent player and his mom was one of the best players in the state. So Play. the entire family. <laughs> irritating. Yeah, is but yeah, one of those. Yeah. All right, excellent. So that will be out
1: first Wednesday of August, which leaves uh, just yeah you know, plenty of time to gen up on your fantasy teams. Uh, who are the players? Here. It's got all the fixtures. So every Premier League teams fixtures for the season. Uh, I'm just looking forward to Premier League to start again because I can watch some HD football oh, I've just upgraded yeah. to Foxtel HD but all of the stuff on SBS has just been on normal <laughs> so very much looking forward to the new HD football experience so uh that's all from us now. Trev, you're not here next week. You're well. Uh, kangaroo holiday. Valley. So Kangaroo Valley. <laughs> yeah, so, have a week there. Uh, it will hopefully be myself and Kevin Ayres. Failing that, it will just be me talking to you. <laughs> uh, but well, I'm sure we'll manage to line up a guest for next week. So uh, join us on next week's 442 Insider
0: podcast. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.